everyone, and welcome to Grimwit with Dimwits. I'm Blondie. And I'm T. And this is our holiday special, Grim Bits of Coal. Woohoo! Love it! <laughs> our shorter episodes for those that are busy and not so busy, but when you need your Grimwit fix. You had a hard time getting that out, didn't I you? I did. <laughs> So now that it's the holiday season, are you finding that you start something and 57 things later, you get to the original thing you've started? Only 57? (laughs) You're doing way better than I am. (laughs) Yes, I do it all the time. I'm so easily distracted. And I don't think that it's just the holiday season anymore either. I think it's just in general. I'll start wanting to decorate, but then I need to clean and then I get my cleaning products and oh wait, I need to organize this. And then I go over here and I need to put the stuff in the donation box, but the donation box is all bajiggity. So I have to fix that and then stand in the living room going, what was I doing? (laughs) That's all year for me, sister, all year. (laughs) I think that's where binge watching originated. Just a little turning your brain off moment because, yeah. And my brain goes off by itself too, by the way. I don't always have control of that. This we know. (laughs) It's apparent. I think everybody knows. (laughs) So what do we have today? Are you ready for some Christmas cheer? (laughs) Actually, I am. Well, you came to the wrong place. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right. Cheer is not in our genre. No, it's not. We have another tragic story, and because it's our holiday special related to Christmas. All right. Well, I am ready. Let the drum roll begin. Let the grim begin. Oh, you just had to one-up me, didn't you? I always have to one-up you. (laughs) Story of my life. Yes, it is. (laughs) All right, folks. Let's get this party started. It was a beautiful Christmas morning in Anaheim, California, 2011. Two precious daughters, three and eight years old, are sitting with their father ready to open presents in front of the Christmas tree. A seven-week-old beautiful baby boy was also there sitting near mom on the couch. Picture perfect. Isn't that always that, like you said last time, Rockwell moment? That Rockwell moment. Most people's Christmas morning. Obviously, the children are very eager as their dad allows them to start opening presents while mom silently watches from the couch. So they rip open their gifts, and the three year old excitedly walks over to her mom to show her the gift from Santa. But her mom just sits there and strangely isn't excited at all. In fact, she doesn't react in any way which is so not like her. So the daughter reaches over and touches her. Mom feels so weird, and her skin is ice cold. Oh, that's scary. No no bueno. The mother, beautiful and vibrant 26-year-old Zazel Preston, appears to be unemotionally watching her delighted children open gifts. Her presence is actually a bit unsettling, as she calmly partakes in this typical family Christmas morning, ironically full of joy and life. But Zazel, regrettably, isn't able to celebrate in the excitement of the day with her family this year, not because she didn't want to, and not because she wasn't prepared, and definitely not because she doesn't love her family. 
There was only one reason she would miss the joy of the holidays with her sweet children, and that was because on Christmas Eve, her husband, 39-year-old William Wallace, had savagely beat her to death. Merry freaking Christmas. Zazelle and William were a married couple who seemed somewhat happy and functional in front of others. They were getting by and raising their family, but William had a lot of issues with the law. So Zazelle was left alone a lot to support the family. She had stuck by her man throughout the years, but she was getting tired of all the setbacks. She wanted a better life for her and her children. So she enrolled in college, hoping to become a counselor for domestic violence. She wanted to do something she was familiar with and no doubt would be good at. The career choice felt right and was unfortunately very close to home. Her husband had been abusing her for the entirety of their decade-long relationship. That was the main reason he kept getting locked up. He'd beat her, she'd have him arrested. He'd get out, and she'd take him back. It was a never-ending, vicious cycle. So now I understand why she wanted to do the domestic abuse. Right. And he was okay with that? I don't think that ever comes up in the story. She was just trying to get out of that relationship and better her life. Understandable, especially since she has children. Yeah, yeah, three kids with him. William had a quick temper and was very controlling. Zazelle's grandmother claims that she came to visit her and found Zazelle wandering the streets, completely dazed due to a vicious beating. Another relative says they came to see her and she was on the floor in a fetal position and again completely out of it due to a head injury. Oh, and by the way, icing on the cake, she was also pregnant at this time. Well, isn't that just lovely? He's a disgusting, despicable person. William served multiple jail terms for being a woman beater, but after doing his time, he always came crawling back. The summer of 2010, the year prior to this incident, William was released from jail on related charges, and Zazelle, once again, allowed him back into her and their children's lives. It didn't take him long to go right back to his old ways and start feeding on her again. He's a keeper. On Christmas Eve of 2011, William and Zazelle were arguing very loudly in front of their apartment after returning from a neighbor's Christmas party. It's not clear what they were arguing about, but the neighbors heard their tempers escalating. Later that night, one of the neighbors saw William literally pick up a person near the front gate and carry them off. The neighbor assumed he was helping someone who may have been drunk, partying too hard that night. But now we know that he had probably knocked out Zazelle and was carrying her back to their apartment, where the assault continued once they got inside. At one point, Zazelle even tried to make a run from the apartment, but a neighbor saw her get dragged back inside. Wow. I know, I'd be on the phone with the police immediately. I was just going to say, I mean, this is kind of hard to hear because even though this may have been, unfortunately, their norm, I'd be calling the police every single time because you just never know when it's going to go too far. And this is obviously what happens. But didn't you say that 
he gets arrested for this and then he goes to jail. He gets out. She takes him back. Yep. So you it's kinda, a pattern. You kind of wonder if the neighbors knew this, too. Yeah. And I've never called the police on a neighbor. I mean, I, I say I would and I probably would, but it's a hard decision to make. You still got to live next true. to those people. Very you know? true. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. And at times, even if you're trying to help the person getting abused, they're going to turn on you, too, you know, because you're making their loved one go to jail or getting the police involved again. It's it's really sad. It's just such a sad situation. Very tragic. Yeah. So, I mean, part of me wants to go, why didn't the neighbors do anything about it? But who knows? Maybe they had, maybe it didn't work out. Who knows? And it's always easier to say, I would have, I could have, uh, right. I should have. And right. you're not in that situation. We're not there. We don't know what the history is. But uh, truly sad that someone saw her getting dragged back in. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, nothing happened. Eventually, after a savage beating, William threw Zazelle straight into a glass coffee table, shattering it with her body. Zazelle went unconscious. William woke his eight-year-old daughter and forced her to help him drag Zazelle's body into the bathroom, where the daughter witnessed him throw her down violently and heard the loud, sickening thud of her mother's head hitting the toilet. Then her dad made her help him pull glass shards from her mother's dying body. Do I even need need (sighs) to say it? No, you don't need to say it because we're all thinking it. Uh, Yeah, that's a lot. Previously, as was sadly the norm, when William would beat up his wife, he would do a little jail stint. She would heal from her wounds. He would get out and go back and life would move forward. But this time was different. Zazelle died that Christmas Eve while her children slept peacefully in the next room, waiting for the magic of Christmas morning. William knew he could not mess up Christmas morning for the kids. Wow. So thoughtful. Freaking father of the year coming your way, buddy. (laughs) Right? What an... I can't use language. <laughs> we can, but we prefer not we to. We prefer not to, but it's in my head a lot. <laughs> a lot of those bad words. Oh, man. Yeah, this guy. So since Zazel was dead, he obviously couldn't change that. But what he could do was to try to come up with a story to make everything seem normal. More bad language going on in my head. So first thing that morning... Yeah, this part is, this is a gem. He sat his kids down and spoke to them in a serious manner. He told them that their mom had selfishly ruined Christmas by getting wasted at the party the night before. These are little kids. Like, why would you even say that if it was true? What is wrong with this man? So mom was just going to sit on the couch and be quiet while they opened their gifts. This psychopath wanted to pretend everything was normal. So before the children had come out, he put his wife's body on the couch in a sitting up, somewhat lifelike position. He then posed her arms and put sunglasses on her. I guess the kids were supposed to just believe that she was blackout drunk. And they did. How old were the kids again? I know you said one was eight. One's a newborn, one's three years old, and one's eight years old. You know that eight-year-old. The eight-year-old already knew. She had to know. She had to know. know that something was wrong. And she had been pulling out glass from her mom's not quite dead, but almost dead body the night before. 
she had to have an idea, which is, I can't even imagine the trauma of all this. The kids, blissfully unaware of the gravity of the situation, happily opened presents in front of both their parents. I want to interject here and say that I think anybody listening to this is going to relate this visual to the movie Weekend at Bernie's. I know. It's not funny. It's I, not know, funny I know. I know. And and how could you not, though? I mean, it's it's exactly the same. And yes, that was a really silly movie. But the reason it was such a goofy movie is because this type of thing was never supposed to happen in real life. I mean, how could it? Who could ever fathom this happening? That movie concept was ridiculously outrageous, which is why we could laugh at it. But who in the hell would have ever thought anyone would actually do it? And in such a despicable way to their wife and involve their kids on Christmas. He obviously didn't care about his wife. He doesn't really care about his children. He's just trying to cover his tracks, it seems like, at this point. Why is Christmas such a big deal to him at this point? He's got bigger problems, but he's trying to be father of the year and act like, oh, well, I'm just not going to hurt my kids on Christmas. Uh, maybe <sighs> he's trying to bite his time to say something else happened. Maybe. I don't know. I'm speculating. Yeah, he did kind of go out of his way to set this up, though. So it really does make you think, what are you thinking, dude? Like, you're insane. He's not. He's he's thinking of himself. Of course. He wants to look good. Thinks he's going to get out of it for some reason. At some point that morning, William realized he wasn't going to get away with this horrific stunt for too long. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to say maybe he's feeling a tinge of guilt, but I doubt it. <laughs> so he finally decided to call the police at around 9.30 a.m. And he reported that there was something wrong with his wife and she required medical attention. An ambulance and paramedics arrived at the apartment. When they got there, they were extremely confused when they saw the supposedly deathly ill woman sitting very calmly on the couch, wearing sunglasses indoors and in the morning. Can you imagine being that paramedic and being like, this is not right. <laughs> there is something wrong with you, dude. Something. Didn't I see this in a movie? I mean, really? I mean, I'd be like, huh? Maybe that's where he got the idea. Wouldn't that be a trip if that was where he got the idea? Because this is insane. This is truly insane. They immediately, meaning the paramedics, discovered that this woman had been dead for several hours at this point. And William tried to explain that he didn't know what was wrong with her, but she had clumsily hurt herself the night before. Okay, I'm going to go back to the neighbors. Hopefully, I don't know what's going to happen, but hopefully the police interview the neighbors. I don't think that even comes up in the story, but yeah, you would think. Unfortunately for him, the paramedics nor the police were nearly as stupid as he had hoped they were, and he was immediately arrested. Being considered a danger to society, his bail was set at $1 million, which kept him in jail from that point forward. Thank God somebody was using their thinking cap. Christmas miracle. Yeah, exactly. Best gift ever. William was initially facing a first-degree murder charge, which would have given him 25 years to life. But his attorney defended him and said this death was due to a self-inflicted accident. On Zazel's part, his attorney stated, quote, Mr. Wallace is being accused of something that was not his fault. You will hear about a relationship 
that was full of arguing and yelling, but also full of a lot of love, end quote. Um, just as bad as the man. Yeah. I don't know how these people sleep at night. I really don't. And I get they have a job to do, but at some point you just have to face reality and go, what I do is disgusting. Exactly. Wallace claimed that Zazel was drunk and had fallen onto the glass coffee table, shattering it and hurting herself. But when police had searched the apartment, they found blood splattered and smeared everywhere. They also found multiple holes bashed into the drywall and doors that had been knocked off their hinges. The apartment looked like an all-out war had occurred there. Zazel, falling into the glass table herself, was also different from the story that he had told his own family. He had told them that his known-to-be-extremely-jealous wife had flown into a rage and attacked him. He claims he didn't even fight back. Such a gentleman. He said that while she was beating him up, she fell and hit her head. Wow, this guy takes no responsibility. And seriously, if she fell into the glass table and they get there, Mm -hmm. and she's already had the glass shards removed from her body? Yeah. And actually, I mean, he could have called the police at that point. She was still alive. That's not what killed her. They believe what killed her was when he dropped her hard on the toilet. And knocked her in the head. And yeah, and she hit her head. So yeah, this guy's a peach. Zazel's family members testified that this wasn't the first time William had nearly killed Zazel. He had come close to ending her life several times during their relationship. Zazel's mother told the police that William was nothing but a psychopath who only cared about himself. I think that's pretty obvious. Zazel had even contacted the police shortly before this incident to assist her as she was in a convenience store bathroom desperate to escape from her abusive husband. Quote, we begged her not to marry this guy, end quote, said her mother. Quote, I told her I had a bad feeling about him, end quote, said her grandmother. You always listen to your mom. I would say, yeah. I mean, just just in life in general, from what I know, if your family's not feeling it, they're probably at least 80% right about this person. Well, they're on the outside looking in, basically. Right, right. They're seeing what your rose-colored glasses will not allow you to see. Right. But not trying to victim blame here, but this had happened so many times with her. I get love. I understand love, you know, but at some point, and I know she was getting there, which is really sad. You have to do what you have to do. You have to be there for your kids, you know? Taking that person back into your life over and over and over, it's going to end up bad in some way. And her going to school and taking those classes, honestly, I think would be lesson 101. Right. I mean, even thinking about it was a step in the right direction. Acknowledging it, you know what I mean? That she's a victim of abuse and she needs to help herself first, but through that, hopefully she can help others. But, um, I mean, she was getting there. I mean, it took her a long time. But she was young and she was getting there. Like she was making those first steps before this happened. Right. So it's really tragic. Very tragic. Okay. So we left off with the mother and the grandmother giving their two cents. And in response to these statements, during his trial, William very nonchalantly told the jury that they had fought each other. So he was acting in self-defense. But, quote, okay, I got a little drunk and tossed her around for a bit, end quote. 
he said with a smirk. I would have drop kicked him in the face. I mean, that is ridiculous. He's, he's, oh. But let him see what it's like to be tossed around yeah. a little bit. He's garbage. He was actually acting as if this was just a normal part of every marriage. No big deal, right? By downplaying his actions, he actually thought they would approve of this ludicrous way of thinking and lighten his sentence. But it did the opposite and exposed him for the evil, despicable, woman-beating narcissist that he is. And yeah, there's a special hell for this guy. And him acting like a narcissist basically proved exactly who he was. He's not even trying to play the, the right part. He's just being himself, thinking he's adorable and he's going to get out of it. Oh, this is every day in every marriage. Doesn't everybody do this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hell no. Hell to the no. But this case did become complicated. The eight-year-old daughter told the police that she had actually seen her mom fall onto the glass table. However, she never said whether her father had pushed her mom onto it. Understandably, the little girl also told the authorities she was really scared of her dad. Oh, poor baby. I know. And it sounds to me, my two cents, that he probably said, you better not ever tell anybody I pushed your mom. That's what it sounds like and to me. we were in the bathroom. She hit her head. We were pulling glass out of her body. Yeah, we were trying to help. Can yeah. you just imagine how this guy's trying to spin it? He, ugh. William's attorney elaborated on this point saying that the father and daughter had carried Zazel's body into the bathroom where she accidentally hit her head. William said that all he knew was that she hit her head and probably had a concussion. But then he didn't do anything about her potential concussion and did admit that he knew she passed away Christmas Eve. Duh. This guy's... I gotta gotta stop stop saying this guy because it just makes me mad. During the trial, a representative from a local women's shelter testified that Zazel had attempted to escape from her husband multiple times, and near the time of this incident, she was trying to get away from him once and for all. She was truly scared that he would kill her someday. She knew. She knew. She knew. Jurors were not convinced that William was acting in self-defense at any point during the attack, He was going to be convicted, but they were not sure what the charges were going to be. First or second degree murder or involuntary manslaughter. They weren't sure at this point. What? Yeah. And it's because of that. What the little girl said. Right. What the little girl said. Unbelievably, this case dragged. Remember, this happened in 2011. This case dragged to March 2021. Before it actually went to court. What? (laughs) Exactly. I didn't even know you could do that legally. Everyone's entitled to a quick and fair trial. Right. So I don't know how they got away with this. I wonder which side was the delay. It sounds like it was the court side, which I'm not mad. It kept him in jail. But I mean, imagine if this guy was an innocent person and this happened. There's no excuse for that. That's way too long. Good point. Very good point. So it wasn't until June of 2021 that William Wallace was finally convicted. He had already been in custody for nine years straight at this point. And despite his long history of violence and many attempts on his wife's life, 
William was only convicted on charges of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison, and as part of his sentence, he was given credit for the nine years he had already served. That's just crazy. It's only crazy because we understand with all this information what kind of a disgusting, I won't even call him human being he is, but, you know, that is the way the system works. If he's only going to get 15 and he's done nine, he's done nine. But yeah, it's this is all just, it's a tragedy from beginning to end. Zazel had posted pictures of her and William on her Facebook. They were a good-looking couple. There were cute pictures of the couple, and they looked very much in love. She regularly made comments about how much she loved him. One of her last pics was of the two of them kissing, and her caption was, Lovebirds for life. What a shame that her lovebird was actually a bloodthirsty raptor, and she would never again get the chance to fly away. Rest in peace, Sazelle. We want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed that tragic story, yet another tragic story. And uh, I like how you always say, enjoy the tragic story. <laughs> and I don't know what the right word would be. It just sounds I, wrong. I know, I know. Our, our grim bit of coal that we are doing this month, take care and don't forget to let your imaginations run wild. Bye, everybody. Bye. We just want to thank you all for sharing your time with us. And if you'd like to send in your creepy little grim bits, we would love to hear your personal stories, interests, and suggestions. Please email them to grimwitwithdimwits at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at grimwitwithdimwits, Twitter at grimwitwithdimwits, and Facebook, grimwitwithdimwits. Join us every Monday for new episodes and feel free to share us with your grim-loving friends. We would really appreciate if you would take a minute to rate and review. Five-star ratings go a long way and would really help us out. Until then, we would love it if you'd come back next week to delve with us into the strange and unusual things we just can't wrap our skulls around. <laughs>